Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name is Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. And today, we have the pleasure of having Glenn and Sandy with us, who are parents to three young men in their 20s. Ben is their oldest, was diagnosed with autism at the age of two, and in the middle, in the midst of that diagnosis, they found out that their middle son has dyslexia. All of their children have exceeded their expectations. Ben was nonverbal, and now his dream is coming true of being a public speaker. I just checked out his website. It's pretty cool, and we'll leave it for you in the show notes. Glenn works for SAP, and Sandy works for Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Glenn and Sandy, welcome to the show. Hi, Thanks Chad. For Thanks for having us. Ben is the youngest. Youngest. Thank you for clearing that up. So you guys are calling him from Philadelphia? Yes. It's from and, the suburbs of Philadelphia. And you've been on this journey for a little over 20 years now, huh? Yes, it has. So how did it start? What did it look like? What did you see? Did you know something was different? So Ben was our third boy, and you can imagine a household full of three boys under the age of six. It was very busy, and we didn't really have any concerns for the first 18 months of his life. He walked late, talked late, but it was all within, quote unquote, normal, you know, the standards. But when he was about 18 months old, he wasn't responding to his name. So he'd be really engrossed in doing something. We'd be like, Ben, Ben, he wouldn't even turn around. So we're like, wow, maybe this kid has a hearing problem. So we took him to the doctor, and they checked it out, and it was perfect. So they're like, okay we checked that box. We're not worried about it. But nobody said, hey, there's still a reason that this child isn't responding to his name. So a couple more months went by. And at two, I was looking through my older son's baby book. And there was a story in there where he had been at his aunt's. And the aunt said, let's go feed the dog. And my oldest said, no, feed dog, feed Glenny. And I'm like, that was a five word sentence. And Ben was going, cookie, cookie, cookie at the same age. And I'm like, wow, like that just doesn't seem to be on track. And I counted up and he only had 20 words that we knew of. And he wasn't saying mama or dada. It's like, wow, that's not right. So we all, talked, all of those were they're all, all food, food, food words. Uh -huh. The only thing he ever said. And so I talked to my doctor and they just poo-pooed it. Third boy, walk late, talk late, not a problem. Don't worry about it. But it it just didn't sit right. And so one day at work, I looked up and there was a woman there and she had speech pathology embroidered on her lab coat. And I said, do you do speech therapy for children here? And uh, this was at a different hospital. And she said, yeah, but why do you ask? And when I told her, she said, oh, no, no, you have to call the intermediate unit, which is our interventional unit in Pennsylvania, paid for by your tax dollars. They'll evaluate your child. I couldn't get to a phone fast enough. Yeah. And then they came out and evaluated them. And that kind of started us on our journey of diagnosis with autism. So what was that like? What It's not the news you were, I mean, you knew something was going on. Was it a bit of a relief or 
Was it a scary or? I think it was a little bit of both, right? It was a relief to know that there was something there or, you know, that we could attack. But with the scary part with it, the only thing I knew about autism was the rain, the movie Rain Man. And there I saw institutionalized and those kind of things. So I had no experience at all. So from a dad's perspective, I'm like scared. And how do I fix this thing? And I didn't know how to do that. You know, with Sandy being a nurse, she's like, hey, you know, you dress a wound. This is a certain way you do it, that you do it basically the same way every time. And autism is not that way at all. And that's what we started finding out really quick that Ben has one type. There's all kinds of type. And that's why they call it, you know, a spectrum, because it goes from severe to mild. And we didn't know what to expect, especially at Basically, two and a half, he's going to school. They start with school, and we didn't know what to expect. So, Right. How long did it take to kind of settle in and realize that this is going to be a different journey? It was so hard to get appointments, right? So now you know they got this evaluation. They started them in a program. But to get to a doctor, there was a three-month wait list. So we actually were in September, and our appointment was in January. And that was just torture to actually finally meet with this medical professional. And then it took you know six more months to find a speech therapist that had the time to work with them. So that was the hardest part. So now you, you're like, you know what it is. You want to get started on it. But finding the right professionals was kind of a, a hard part of that journey as well. And then as you were reading the bio, we were also dealing with our middle son with the dyslexia, trying to figure out all that because he wasn't able to to read. And I guess he was going into third grade, second, second grade. And it was just difficult to deal with the school at that point and Ben at the same time. So it's, you know, I really feel for parents that have more than one special needs, especially, you know, at a young age, it's really gets the difficult. And during this time, does he seem happy or frustrated or anything stand out in that regard? I call Ben my light switch. He's either on and running at full speed or he's unconscious asleep. Like there was no modulation. His frustrations came because of lack of speech. So he would be trying to tell you something and you'd be like ripping open the closets. Like, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? Because he couldn't say what he wanted. But when he was content. He was happy as a lark, but it was that frustration of communication that really got in his way. And how long did it take to realize that you weren't going to fix this the same way you would fix some other things? Yeah. So we, when we finally got that appointment downtown, I was really excited because Ben knew the letters, like he, he perseverated on the letters. He had this puzzle and he could do it really well. I couldn't wait to show the speech therapist. And she just blew it off and poo-pooed it. She's like, oh, that's a splinter skill. He shouldn't even have that. Look at this. I'll never forget her saying to me, this isn't pervasive developmental delay. It's pervasive developmental disorder. So in my mind, a delay you can catch up, but a disorder was going to be something different. And that was a huge like, oh, this is worse than I thought. And you both seem like you take things in stride. I mean, was it always that way? I mean, <laughs> so one of the things that, that's really important to us is our faith in God. So we went to the church and told them about what's going on with Ben. And they said, hey, listen, we have your back. You know, we'll be here for you. It, whatever you need, we'll help out. So and one of the things that is important for Sandy and I is to be on the same page with this, to make sure that we are understanding. Sandy works part-time, I work full-time, that I couldn't be involved as much. But anytime that I could be at any meeting, any doctor's appointment, I would be going because I wanted to know what was going on firsthand. And I think that's real important. To, and that's what I think has really has helped us is we're on the same page kind of thing. 
And I emptied the bookshelves and the library and on the internet trying to find how the story ended. And that book doesn't exist. So I had to come to a realization like, all right, we're just going to have to go through this instead of like setting this end goal and getting there. We're so fortunate too to have extended family in the area. I feel so bad for people who are completely alone in, in states where they're not with aunts and uncles and grandparents because those people were huge in our lives too. Well, I so admire the way that you um, dealt with it within your relationship. I mean, as you may know, that I mean, the divorce rate when there's special needs children involved is, you know, as, it's really high and it's really difficult for couples to work together. It, you know, it seems I went through a nasty divorce myself and, and that was never part of the plan. And it's hard on the kid. You know, it's terrible for the kids and all those things. So congratulations yeah, on, on that part. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that stands out that you wish you knew then that you know now? Yeah. So one of the things one of the teachers said to me, I fret about every decision. Like, oh my gosh, is this the right school program? Is this the right reading program? Are we, are we making the right choice? And she finally said, look, none of these decisions are fatal and course corrections are okay. So I wish I could go back and tell myself, just relax. You take all the information you have at that given moment. And you make the best decision you can. And if it's not the right one, then you can make another one going forward. That's great. You hear that, Naked Parent Nation? You're allowed course corrections. <laughs> boy, oh boy, oh boy. If we could internalize that, it would save a lot of stress. That is such a great point. We beat ourselves up bad, bad. Yeah, I mean, what we found is, you know, not having the right speech therapist is bad, but realize that it's a small piece of time. And if we can get the right one or whatever's going on, we try to work towards that. So so we don't want to beat ourselves up about it or we got to wait six months. There's nothing we can do about waiting six months for, for an appointment. It's not like we can call the president and say, hey, get me, you know, the next appointment kind of thing. So, yeah. And how about the other brothers? How do they interact? And how did, did the dyslexia play a big part in your in this journey? You know, it's really interesting you ask that because we didn't know anything about special needs or special ed. And that helped us start the thought on that of what needs to be done and what's available. Because if you don't have the needs, you don't know what's out there. So the school really helped us with some of that. And we had to work hard with the school district and try to get him to read. And that was not an easy process. But we started understanding the process, which helped. And then I think that helped us to start with Ben with that. But our boys have taken to him since day one. We had to tell them, you know, I mean, he was two and a half Mm -hmm. pretty much. So they were sitting there, you know, at six and eight. And we had to explain to them what autism was. And they, they never really blinked about it. Yeah, and there was that, that whole journey of, you know, equal is not fair. Like everybody doesn't get the same thing. That's not fairness. Everybody gets what they need. And so there may have been times that they felt like he was getting more attention, but a lot of it was to keep him safe. Um, but tell me about punishing Glenn for the Special Olympics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I came home one day and he was picking on Ben really bad. And that's our oldest, Glenn Jr. And was racking my brain, what can I give him for punishment? So I said, Friday nights, and he was in, I guess, ninth grade at that time, or 10th grade. So he's he's a teenager. Friday nights is Special Olympics basketball. And Ben and I go, and I said, I'm going to take Glenn with me as a punishment. It's an hour long, and he has to sit there for the hour. 
That's his punishment for really picking on his brother. Well, it ended up being the best punishment ever because he fell in love with Special Olympics, fell in love with all the kids that are there. You know, they're not just autism. They're all, you know, downs and all that stuff. And he just fell in love. And through the rest of his high schools, he went every Friday night and was a coach with the team. We got that one right. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. What a great story. It's amazing. It's one of the gifts in my family of having special needs children with typical children is that my typical kids have more empathy than I did at 20, you know, at such a young age. When they're I was, not afraid of it. They're not afraid of people in wheelchairs. They're not afraid of anything that's different because they're just used to it. Right. Because when I was growing up, it was the, you know, the one corner in the back of the school was the classroom that had kids that did different things. And they come out for a water break the opposite time of the other kids. I mean, that was the exposure we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They took different buses, you know, and all that. Yeah. Stuff. Like yeah. we really didn't see much. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. What a great story. That's awesome. How about like, like you said, it hasn't always been easy. What's one of the bad memories, uh, worst moments of this journey? So one night, Glenn, Ben was real young, maybe two, two and a half. And we were starting to go upstairs and it was time for us to go to bed. We were exhausted. And as we were going upstairs, we started smelling a very bad fecal smell and, you know, poop. And we're like, what the heck? And so we go into his room and he was sound asleep, but he was covered in his own feces. He had <sighs> smeared it all over his hair his body, the sheets, the walls. And we were just stunned, like, oh my gosh, why would anybody do that? So we're like, all right. So we stripped the bed and we stripped him. We gave him a bath and we, you know, it took an hour to clean that all up. We finally collapsed into bed. So for the next couple of weeks, like we were petrified to go to bed. Like we'd be upstairs. Like, is it, you know, did it happen again? And finally we said like, there is something he's getting out of this. Like what is making him do it? And we finally realized he was enjoying that nice warm tubby time in the middle of the night playing with mom and dad. And we're like, all right, so we're rewarding a behavior that we didn't really like. So (laughs) Glenn's great coming up with ideas. So it was not awful and it was not abusive, but we used cooler water and we didn't fill the tub and we just cleaned them up real quick. And he never did it again after that. So it was just like, all right. So we kind of conquered that. Then you fast forward, Glenn was on a business trip. Ben maybe is now two years older than that. And he threw up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I kept him home from school. Wasn't sick. He just kind of gagged himself. So the next day I look over and he's making himself throw up. I'm like, he's put his fingers in his mouth. It was just his tongue. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's making himself throw up so he can stay home from school. Again, I rewarded a behavior. The same time I look out, my other two are fighting on the bus stop. Older one knocks the middle one down. Middle one gets up, bloody nose. So one's puking. One's got a bloody nose. He's not home. My car <laughs> won't start. I'm like, this yeah. is it. I'm just done. And he threw up every day for three weeks. And my teacher, again, God bless her. She said, you put him on that bus. If he throws up, we'll clean him up. If you keep him home, he'll never stop. And for three weeks, he just tried and tried and tried. And then finally realized, all right, I give up. But they're so, I mean, stubborn is not really the right word. They're just so resilient, persistent, persistent to yeah. just keep doing a behavior because it was getting rewarded. Those are really wow. two very low points for me. Wow. Yeah, I actually, I deal with that and I deal with the regurgitation. My son does, does it in a different way. He does it with his own like kind of saliva. It's, mm. it's so hard. I mean, when... There's nothing that can turn a day sideways more than feces all over your child and the room. I mean, it feels like there's 400 million crevices in the room all of a sudden, (laughs) you know? (laughs) 
That's part of the journey. That's where we got the name of the show. I mean, we talk about the not so pretty and that is definitely one of them. So thank you for, mm-hmm. for sharing. So how about any aha moments along the way? Oh yeah. So Ben, I guess he was about 10. He's, he, he said to us, he said, dad, you know, what is really the autism? And, and I said, it's just your brain thinks differently. And I didn't know how else to put it simply enough for him. And then he turns around to me and he says, Dad, can I take my brain out and wash the autism out? <laughs> I almost like burst in tears and I didn't want to because I'm talking to him and set the wrong expectation. I looked at him and I said, Ben, no, I'm sorry. You can't wash the autism out. God made you this way and you're special. You know, you have some special gifts that daddy doesn't have. I'm an all about. So no, you can't do it out. And he was okay once I explained it to him. But I'll tell you, that hits to the core of a parent when you hear that, you know, can I, and again, I'm coming from the fix it standpoint, you know, and then I, later on, we, we joke about it, like, what would Ben be like if he didn't have autism? And we're like, no. In, in Ben's case, I wouldn't wash it off. It, it's who he is, right? It's And yeah, there's things that you need to work on just like everybody else does. And that's I think we forget that often is we all have faults. We all have things that we need to work on. And it sometimes we look at things differently and we got to work through those. Right. So, that's I, think that, I think that was the biggest one. Mm-hmm. I got a little tear. My little daughter said something the other day and she says, I can't wait till Rocco's older and he's talking normal and find, and he gets married and, Mm. you know, and it's just, and there's nothing wrong with that moment. I don't know why it just, it's a sensitive moment for some reason. I feel like the people that I talk to that take autism or any special need as the way the child is versus like the thing they're trying to fix they seem much happier much more at ease and at peace i mean it's i mean what a mountain to face if you're trying to change your child from something that they are and i don't get why they are or if that's what they are the thing is we want Ben to be safe. So there's certain things that have to be put in place. So we're going to hinder some of the things that he would want to do. And that's true of any child, right? Because you don't want them running out, out in the street. But one of the things I consistently say to folks is I've learned more from Ben than what he's taught me. Mm-hmm. Or what, you know, what, what I've taught him, you know, because, you know, I'm trying to teach him all kinds of different things, but I'm sitting back and I'm like, wow, he just goes up and talks to people. Wow. He doesn't care what people really think about him. He's just himself, you know? And I'm like, wow, that that's amazing. I mean, maybe that's one of those aha moments yeah. too. I don't know, but it's like, that's amazing. I also think that, you know, they talk about the stages of grief. Like if someone passes away, there are stages of grief like you're kind of dealing with the loss of what you had hoped for that child or what you thought that child was going to do. And again, it's that course correction, like this is what I thought was going to happen. And it's okay to feel sad and, you know, feel those feelings and then to be able to move on once you've gotten past some of it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, you shared a, a favorite quote of yours, if you don't mind my bringing it up. You have three Psalms 121, verse 1 and 2, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Is that the same? 
Yep, it's yep. all one verse. Yep. Care to uh, elaborate on that? So it says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And we couldn't do this without it. You know, that that faith is really just so integral into our life. And to be able to know that God created Ben, he has a plan. And over and over again, he's put what we call the right angel in our life at just the right time. And we're just really grateful for that. So one of the, th the tough things, too, is what is faith, right? So faith is something that isn't concrete. And Ben is a concrete thinker. If I tell, give him a crown and say, draw, he can draw. But if I say, just draw, he doesn't necessarily just grab a crown and draw. I have to go through and concrete show it to him. So one of the things that we were trying to show to him is about God's love. And Sandy and I were trying to teach him this. And when he was about five, I think, and Sandy goes, look at the rainbow. And he didn't have any idea what a rainbow is. And we were like, how do we explain about God if he can't even look at a rainbow? Mm -hmm. Fast forward to, what, about 18 years old? He's pointing out a rainbow to mom, right? Because he gets it and he learned from all that. So we're like, that's incredible. Yeah, and one of my other favorite quotes, this is stitched on a, a throw pillow. It just says, life's not a dress rehearsal. So there's so many times we're like, well, I'm going to wait till this happens. As soon as this happens, then I'll be happy. When I get that, I'll be happy. And that's not how it works. Like you have each day, we get 24 hours and we got to do the best we can with each day that we have to live it to the fullest. And then Ben has a quote. He wanted to have a quote. So he worked really hard. And this is Ben's quote. He said, having autism is not a bad thing. It doesn't characterize who we are. Everyone is unique and special, just like a rainbow. Aww. So, so he doesn't see it as a deficit. I love that. That's inspiring. One thing that stands out for me is what your church said to you when you got the diagnosis when you were younger. And that's something I wish for every parent to feel that kind of support that I am sort of imagining that you felt when you had that conversation, because it can be a lonely feeling to, you know, be sitting there with your child that you don't know how to raise, who has special needs, it can feel alone. And it sounds like your church and your faith. Yeah. Uh, our church actually has a disability ministry. They have a paid staff position that runs that for our church, which is really unheard of because wow. many people just drop out of any kind of faith, temple, you know, church, whatever, because there's no place for the kids and they make noise and people look at them. So they just don't go and the whole family loses out. So it's really a ministry that the church highly esteems. And just a funny story, when Ben was younger, there weren't any locks on any of the nursery doors when he was younger. And now there are because <laughs> Ben was a master of escape and, you know, that church had been there for 50 years and they never needed a lock till Ben was born. <laughs> escape artist. Oh, yeah. you ever, was ever had any bad situations where he escaped the wrong place, wrong time? Ooh. Well, I think that's he's had angels because Sandy was vacuuming and turned and he was there, turned around for a second. And we got a phone call from the neighbor that Ben is on their trampoline. Well, yeah. that could have been a real dangerous situation. And the other neighbor has a pool. Yeah. So God, you know, um, he didn't go the other direction. So, you know, <laughs> of course we said, no, he's not allowed on your trampoline without anybody <laughs> around. But he knew enough to open the door, get out the, the door and go over to the neighbors to go on their trampoline. So speaking of pool, um, was getting in a pool or swimming ever a part of his journey? 
Yeah. yeah, gosh. So he loves the water. He's like a little otter. He used it the Y, one of those little bubble things on your back, and he could go in anywhere because it kept him afloat, right? So we joined a, a swim club for the summer. We had never done it before. We thought it'd be a great time for the boys. No bubbles allowed. I'm like, what do you mean no bubbles allowed? Like the kid can't go in the water without his boat. No bubbles allowed. Well, he obviously wanted to go on the sliding board like his brothers, and it turned into the lifeguard diving in and a big, you know, I was I was crying, I was embarrassed, all those things, because, you know, what worked in one situation wasn't allowed in another situation. Now he can swim like a fish, but yeah, that was a journey too. And again, that was years back, so it wasn't like we could go to the administration and say, here's special needs, and can you help us? I think there's more acceptance today that yeah. we could have gone to the pool people and said, hey, can you help us out here? But, you know, again, we're, we're new. We're not sure what's going on. And, you know, again, that's one of those moments that we're saying, hey, you know, we learn from it and, you know, we move on. So. And you shared, you shared a few things that I would imagine fit in this category, but how do you take care of yourself? Was self-care a priority for you on this journey or... We tried, you know, along the way. It's gotten a little easier now. One of the things that changed my life is Ben got his driver's license, which was a huge accomplishment and a major story. In wow. But I used to be Uber mommy, and so much of my time was wrapped up in running him every single place he ever had to go. And now all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, I don't have to drive. I have all this extra time. So I love to cross-stitch. I've done some really intense cross-stitch for my older boys. It took months during COVID, but it was a great combination. You know, we try to make sure we put a date or two on the calendar each month to just get out without everybody else. So we try. I think the other thing that probably could fit in this question is uh, Sandy from day one, when he was two, started journaling about the experience. And I'm not much of a reader or a writer. I'm just a you know person that will be fixing stuff, doer kind of thing. But Sandy loved to write everything down. And I think that helped. Mm -hmm. And it's great to look back even today and say, man, this is what he did. And we cry again because we cried then. And then we laugh today because of what he did. And it's just amazing to see some of the things that come back with that. So actually, Sandy is working on a possible book from that piece. So awesome. So it's finished. And, um, you know, I did it mostly for myself. So I would remember the hard times and, you know, what we got through. But it did get picked up by a literary agent and she's trying to sell it, you know, get it to a publisher. So stay tuned. We'll see if that makes it to the next stages. Yeah. If you're listening out there, <laughs> the Naked Parent Nation um, will tell you how to get a hold of Sandy in the show notes. That'd be That's great. awesome. I'm glad. I would love to. Have you share that book when it comes out with us? Thank you. Yeah. So how about a, we do like a little speed round where you give one word to one sentence answers to a few questions so we can get your perspective on more questions. You guys up for it? Sure. All right. What's the best advice you have received? So just document, 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 keep good records, especially for me. I wish I'd kept better records about the medications we tried and didn't work. Because now when the doctor's like, should we do this one? I'm like, I don't know. I think we were on that before and I don't know why. So I wish I'd kept better records. That's a great one. Share a personal habit that contributes to your success. We pray a lot. You know, we just have to pray and just give it up to God. Yep. And we try to stay on the same page. So we, you know, united front in front of the kids. If we disagree, we do it behind the scenes. That's awesome. Sometimes it doesn't work, but we try. <laughs> we try. 
There's a lot of us that have said that that's what we're going to do, but it's easier said than done sometimes. Mm-hmm. Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? We just have always found parents who are a little ahead of on the journey than us have been great resources. Like you have a supports coordinator. What's a supports coordinator and why don't I have one? So they, you know, how do you get SSI? All those pieces that are just so daunting, just getting involved in local groups, whether it's online or in person. So that whole Special Olympics that we were talking about is all those parents that have, you know, Ben was 10 or 15 years old and there are parents that are there that are have kids that are 20, 25. And they would throw out a buzzword and we're like, what is that? How do I get that? What do you mean you, you know, you're doing that? So it really helps to be involved with those different organizations online. Stuff is real great now, you know, from Facebook groups or whatever else to be asking questions. I mean, obviously you have to be careful with some of that. You know, people have agendas on mine, but there's a lot of parent groups out there that really mean well and trying to give good advice out there. So that has been helpful. Awesome. What's the next thing on your list to add for your individual well-being? So we're just trying to keep that balance between, you know, our home life, the kids' lives, what they're doing. And then one of the huge things, you know, might lead into your next question is that we've actually started a business because Ben wants to be a public speaker. So to be nonverbal and then to go to a public speaker, maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So he always, you know, once he started learning to talk, he never had an off button. And we tease, we tease the, the speech therapist. She did a great job, but she didn't include an off button with him because he just talk, 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 talk. And I think a lot of the parents out there will understand that. They want their kid to talk and so forth, but there's also the, the nonstop, what's this, dad? What's going on here? What, you know, can you tell me more about this? I, you know, and also he's a very big planner. So he loves to plan. Like, we're, you know, we're not even close to Christmas. But what are we doing for Christmas? I don't even know what I'm doing for dinner tomorrow, (laughs) Christmas. So he's always planning and thinking about different things. So one of the things that he's done is he'll come up with an idea and he'll press it and press it. So it comes back to that whole piece of throwing up. And he knew that if he threw up, he would stay home, right? So I think he has a persistence in him. And he said, I want to be on the Ellen show. The Ellen DeGeneres show. So he tried for three years to get on the show. He wrote her, had a friend's writer. There was a gal, he works at an amusement park, a gal from the amusement park that he met, wrote her every day. In 2018, he was on the show. No way. We talked to Ellen DeGeneres about autism. And since we're from Philadelphia, we're big Eagles fans. And the Eagles actually have an Eagles Autism Foundation. The owner has a brother with autism. So he started this foundation to help with research and people with that. So he was talking about that. And an Eagle came on with him that I don't know if you know John Dornboss, who's the magician, who he was also the long snapper. So he was there. And it was a total surprise for him with that. And ever since then, he has wanted to speak to other people, other schools, other organizations. And after Ellen, we got calls and say, can he come to our school? Can he talk? Can he put this together? And we're like, sure. And we weren't sure what all that meant. So long story short, He's talked to, what, 40 schools, different organizations, you know, a lot of them were like, you know, organizations that deal with special needs and it might have been their award ceremony and they wanted Ben to just give them some some hope. 
And he talks about, you know, following your dreams and, you know, don't give up. And these are the things I can do. We, we talked about him driving. Well, you know, I, I teased. I said I had a full head of hair before he started driving. I lost it all. But, yeah. you know, I'm sure, you know, as a dad, you know what that takes, whether it's typical or somebody with autism or any special needs, what it takes with that. So his desire was to be a full-time speaker. I'm like, how does that happen? How do we make that happen? We have no, no clue on what's going on with that. So we made him, we didn't make him, but we asked him to put a presentation together why he wants to be a full-time, because we wanted his buy-in. We could help him make it happen, but we wanted his buy-in. We didn't want to have anything to do with forcing him to do anything he didn't want to do. Well, he sat there, gave a great presentation, and we sat as AGT judges. And our middle son is also helping him, Dan, who has the dyslexia. And we all voted, yes. Well, you thought the room was going to explode. He was so happy that he was wow. able to do that. So we were able to start a business. It's called Benergy One Presentations. It just started last week where he is going out and going to speak to schools, organizations. He's got a few books in September, some elementaries, and we're hoping COVID stays off the radar for a, for a long time, for the rest of the time, because things you know have a tendency. He loves in-person. The video like we're doing now, he can do, but he loves in-person because he'll go up to the kids, talk to the kids, go up to the classes and so forth. But we can't shut him up, can we? No. <laughs> did I miss How anything? Cool. You did good. <laughs> How cool. What's that website again? Benergy1.com. So it's energy with a B in front of it and the number one.com. And the reason that he has Benergy is one of his high school teachers nicknamed him Benergy because he has so much energy. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. And with your permission, we'll put uh, that link in the show notes for anybody that is interested to have him come and speak. And, and what a cool 180. What an inspiring story. And I think that uh, a lot of people will be inspired. And I think it's awesome that he's on that path because he's uniquely qualified for his position. Yeah. And he just wants to give hope. And it's not just for special needs, right? So so one of the things we get so wrapped up into is that he has autism and he can speak about autism, but he speaks about dreams and following your dreams. So it doesn't matter whether you have special needs or what you have in your life. The ideal thing is to follow your dreams. And if you can get a dream job, you can even be more better or better at it than if it's just something to make money. So that's what we're trying to encourage them with, with doing this thing. And we said, Ben, this is full time. This means not just that you go speaking, but you got to get the engagements, too. So you got to call up the schools, talk to the principals, talk to the administrators and talk to the organizations and say, you know, this is my story. This is what's happening. I can come in and encourage your kids and, and so forth. So it's not just. You know, we try to make sure he knows it's a full-time job, you know? That's awesome. I, I look forward to staying a part of that journey and seeing where he takes it. You guys have inspired me personally, you know, from your relationship standpoint, and your son has inspired me in his authenticity and his pursuit to go after what he loves. Are there is there any kind of final thought that you'd like to share with other parents out there? either on something we talked about or something that we haven't talked about. I think one last thing I'd like to say is just to keep the bar high. It's so hard to know how far to push that you're not frustrating somebody. And yet 
making sure that you're not just keeping it so low that they're just stepping over it. And of course the school, I always felt like they kept everything low so they could check off the box that he met his goals. Again, not trying to frustrate people. You're not going to push them past their expectations, but to try and keep the bar as high as you can. Let them fail too, right? You know, the whole driving thing actually scared her a lot Mm -hmm. and it took them (laughs) over two years Seven tries on the permit test because there's no accommodations there. You get the questions right or wrong. If you get them wrong, you fail. You got to go the next day and try it. So he did it for seven. The DMV knew him by name and, you know, because he went so many times, but he was persistent and he was able to do it. But I said, let's give him a try. If he couldn't pass the test, he can't go out driving. That's the first step. So give them those little pieces. And that's what I would encourage parents to do is let them do the little pieces. If they fail, you're there to pick them up and, you know, help them out with the next thing. Awesome. Got a ton of value for our listeners and for myself. And I want to thank you, Glenn and Sandy, for being on the show today. And I'd love to catch up down the road and continue doing this journey together because it's better together than alone. Thanks. Thanks for having us. And on the website, if anybody wants to reach out, have other questions, we'd be happy to contact people so they can reach out through the website as well. Awesome. We'll put it in the show notes and we wish you and your family all the best. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for your time. This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes And we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.